Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching. And today we're gonna to cover what to do when you're parenting a sensitive child or a teen who's stuck in the meltdown cycle and school is coming up, right? So what you need to be focused on in terms of returning to the school routine, how to break out of the patterns that you've developed in the summertime and where to balance it all from, okay? So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Now here at MTC, we've helped hundreds of families break out of this meltdown cycle, uh, supporting parents of teenagers as well as the teens themselves, uh, getting motivated and, and reconnecting to their potential in the school setting when they have a pattern of shutdown and refusal they've broken out of and doing that all over again when the school routine starts back up. And this is important for you to, to pay attention to, no matter your sensitive kid's age, as long as they're living in your house uh, and they're in high school age or under, uh, we'll, we'll be covering all the challenges that you might be facing, especially if your sensitive kid is dealing with those daily meltdowns or shutdowns. So what do I mean first and foremost? Let's make sure that we're covering the same thing. Um, parents who are stuck in that meltdown cycle, your child is having meltdowns on a daily basis, uh, hitting, kicking, screaming, running away, throwing things checking out uh, emotionally or uh, just shutting down um, physically as well, like body on the floor, passed out, and not in the sense of, um, you know, physically not present, right? Uh, but just, I can't, I won't mentality, okay? And uh, that can be happening for your child, and your child could be three, four, seven, ten. 10, all right? Uh, it runs the gamut in terms of age. And then if your child is a teenager, <laughs> um, then this, is the, this might be showing up differently. Your teen might be checking out and zoning out on their screens. You might have struggled this summer with setting appropriate boundaries, finding a way for your teen to engage effectively over the summer so that they aren't focused on just playing video games all day or on FaceTime with their friends or just Netflixing all, all the time, uh, etc. And so... When you're working with your sensitive kid to uh, break out of this routine, it can be really uh, challenging noticing that for them, it can mean that um, you know school's coming and, and school's hard. And right, if your child is learning, it, it's likely that they are being challenged. And this, this challenge can uh, be met with lots of disappointments and frustrations and aggravations and big ineffective behaviors tied with it if your child doesn't know how to man manage their emotions safely. So that's what we're kind of covering today. And when we think about the challenges that um, that you could be having, you know, shifting in this routine, you know, highly sensitive kids, you know, parenting a sensitive kid, uh, that, that your child craves routine, can thrive on it. And it's also true that it could be very difficult to keep your kid on a routine when they have an emotional management problem. 
when, when the family dynamic is stuck in this uh, cycle, we see many parents notice, you know what, if I could get my kid to, um, to stay with a routine for two weeks without, um, you know, with, without having any problems, then, you know, this is miracle territory we're in right now. Um, because honestly, for, for some kids, those meltdowns happen right in the middle of whatever strategy you're trying to get them to use um, or what, whatever calming plans that you've been trying to implement. And then all of a sudden you're derailed, right? So if you've been working all summer to help your child use regulating coping skills because now they have an opportunity to relax, uh, then this can be pretty daunting. You might be worried about whether it's even worth it to, to send your kid to school. If uh, your child is uh, benefiting from being at home, you might be considering homeschooling and yet wondering how that would be appropriate for you, for you and your family. Uh, now, obviously, for as a parent coach and, and mental health consultant, uh, we don't advocate one way or the other. We've helped families in all scenarios, parents who homeschool, by choice, parents who homeschool uh, because they were quote unquote forced into it, um, not from a place of, of um, uh, making that powerful choice. You know, the child didn't exhibit the skills to manage their emotions. And so as a result, they felt like the only option they had was to homeschool. And so uh, being a homeschool parent myself, what I know for sure is that if you don't feel um, capable of doing that and that's not your choice, it's a heck of a lot harder. Uh, to do and, and homeschooling is definitely no small feat. And so this might be something that could be running through your mind or you could also notice that you'd love to do that but you don't have a choice so you don't think that your child can follow through on your routine that you set and, and so it can be difficult to think that um, you have even a thought of implementing a plan like that. And then obviously if, if you're staying with a, with a public school system and you have all kinds of reasons to do that, um, or, or a private school system and you have all kinds of reasons to do that, your, your fears are still relevant, right? You still have uh, a major issue here when your child or teen is stuck in the meltdown cycle and wondering how you'll be able to help your kid out the door um, on time and participate and follow the expectations of the setting uh, that you've decided for their education. And so when we think about all of these challenges, right, I, I want to make sure that we're understanding that they all um, are related in, in no matter where you school your kid or how you school your kid, um, how your child is, is educated isn't the number one uh, way to solve the meltdown cycle. We've, like I said before, we've helped, hun we've helped hundreds of families and many of them uh, are homeschoolers who are having these issues too. So it's, it's important to first and foremost notice that you're not looking at the school environment as the quick fix or magic pill that will support your child in breaking out of this pattern. Because as a parent, you can start to wonder, right? And this is, this is one of the things that I think it's really important is noticing, hmm, this is coming up, this is challenging. It's been challenging year after year after year. Maybe I shouldn't put my kid in, in, a, in this school setting or maybe I should change my school setting. Um, it, it, you know, makes sense that that might be a worry that would be crossing your mind. And um, with that being said, the environment of the school does not change the meltdown cycle. So uh, wherever you go, there you are, right? Uh, same thing happens for your child. If your child is struggling with generalizing emotional management skills, which highly sensitive kids 
stuck in the meltdown cycle do, um, do struggle with that, then your child is going to struggle at home or in any other new situa situation um, in a similar fashion. Or uh, you might see some reduction because perhaps the, the professionals are, are um, you know, a better match for your child's needs. And with that being said, your child still needs to build that skill, right? So you're still in uh, a, a, an imbalance of uh, ownership. Of, of what, what needs to be addressed. The family dynamic needs to be addressed and your child's skill building needs to be addressed. And uh, those can be done without having to change the school environment. So this is, this is the first piece to be paying attention to for you and your family because when you're thinking about uh, noticing what to be focusing on, right? What to highlight, what to prioritize as uh, your child's routine is, um, you know, is about to shift, it's also important to notice what not to prioritize and what what beliefs or perspectives or approaches will keep you stuck in this mentality. Okay. So when, when, uh, now that we've taken that off the table, all right, let's, let's also focus on what else can be really challenging when you have your sensitive child or teen and they are refusing or right, refusing to go to school or, you, you know, because you've likely seen this, you saw this last year, you're going to see it again this year, stuck in the same meltdown cycle. Um, and, and so what you might have experienced in other scenarios is trying to coach your kid in the moment. We can do it. This is the time you're, you know, your school is an obligation. You're learning about responsibility. I know it's hard, but you can do it anyways. It's going to be fine. Right. Um, all of that reassurance and, and expecting your kid to take deep breaths in the morning so that they show up to school ready to go. Um, or talking to your teen about what they could, when they're stressing and saying, I can't go to school. I won't go to school. I, I, I uh, there's no way, right. Um, trying to help them calm down and slow down in that moment really is a short lived approach. Okay. Teaching your child in that moment when their brain is on overdrive, it's really important to understand as a parent, of course, your intentions are, are, are well intended. Uh, you want your child to feel better in that moment, but this is not an exper experience for your child where they are going to think they are going to feel better. They are in that. I can't do it mentality. It is a broken record over and over and over again in their mind. And so that is not a time for you to be teaching live skills. And this is really important when we think about, um, what, most parents are taught by traditional professionals. You know, uh, over here at MTC, we are parent coaches, mental health consultants. We're not your child's therapist. We're not acting as therapists. We're not doing the traditional therapy route for a reason, right? The main reason is that that doesn't actually work for sensitive kids stuck in the meltdown cycle. Um, reviewing what to do next time in a big emotional moment is actually going to be highly ineffective and uh, keep you stuck in that cycle. And, and this is typical for, for many people who would hear from school counselors or um, who would hear from, from, um, from, from therapists who, where you're going to your kid to individual therapy, et cetera, um, that this is how you should be highlighting what to do. And you'll be, you know, maybe even practicing this and, and all of that. And that strategy, uh, that tactic is, is not, is not an effective use of an overarching strategy that's necessary to, uh, to break out of this pattern. And so it is important for you to notice because when your child is yelling and fighting, and this can last for, we've worked with families where 90 minute to three hour meltdowns are happening uh, in the morning routine, right? Uh, there's no way you're getting your kid to school on time unless you're waking up at the crack of dawn. Um, 
when, when, when this pattern is, is that intense, which obviously impacts their ability to, um, to actually be emotionally on board. I don't know about you, but when I'm tired, I'm not at my best, right? And so same thing's going on for your kid. And so when we think about the emotional experience of your child in that moment, they're highly vulnerable to, to a lack of skill, and they are also exhibiting a lack of skill. So they're not going to be able to um, stretch beyond their comfort zone in that moment. They're not teachable in that moment. And uh, that's really important for you to notice because when you're thinking about supporting your child and building, building resiliency, you can't do it from a mentality that your child has um, if, where they're saying, I think I can't, right? Um, your child needs to be able to, to uh, demonstrate the capacity to be the little engine that could. And that doesn't come from coaxing and convincing or reassuring. Okay. Um, and so this is important when your child is in this loop and they think that something's wrong with them or that, that, that this is broken, you can't try to teach them that it's going to all going to be fine, uh, because they will not believe you. And, uh, that's important to, um, to, you know, to, to notice because as you might be hearing your sensitive kid is telling you, you don't understand, you don't get it. You're not listening to me. I'm not going, um, you just want me, you can't make me all of that. Okay. And that can be happening for, like I said, your six, seven, eight year old, uh, 11 year old, 12, 13 year old, etc. Um, all the way up through high school. I'm not doing it. You don't get it. Stop it, mom, cut it out. Right. Um, all of this experience. Okay. You have to be able to dilute the shame to turn this around. Your sensitive kid feels crappy about how they are feeling. And that experience is something that they won't be able to break out of in that moment. All right. Uh, a pep talk isn't going to do it. Championing them, trying to tell them that they're all ready to go, um, that they, that they can show up, um, in an amazing way. You're basically oil and water in this dynamic. You have to be focusing on breaking out of the shame. And so when, when we're, when we're doing this, you know, shame is going to help parent, children, uh, keep, stay stuck. Okay. So, um, it's really important for you to notice that your expectations aren't moving that your child all the way into um, an argument. Really, that's what happens when you're convincing your kid they can do otherwise. Um, at that point, they, they start arguing for their limitations, okay? Um, and so when we think about supporting your child and being decisive and noticing that they can do it, it all of this has to happen outside of this, this intense moment, all right? Um, and, and that emotional experience has to, to come forth in your child noticing what they are capable of, how they can change experiences um, that they, that they want to have, how life can be different when they make different choices. And all of that um, emotional experiencing that they have and how they can feel proud of changing, um, you know, moving out of their initial impulsive decisions of to quit or to avoid or, 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 or what have you. Um, needs to come from, from an observation when they are not distressed. Okay. Um, and so as you're working on this next piece, which is helping your child build that capacity, right? You need to be able to support your child in building capacity 
for change, building capacity for feeling confident, building for capacity to handle challenges. And this is what we're talking about in terms of noticing the difference between a child who feels capable and a child who thinks that they that that things don't work out well for them. Um, and, and that emotional experience require is requ that's required um, is for a child to feel secure in themselves. They need to feel secure in their choices and secure in their ability to creatively solve problems. And many times highly sensitive kids aren't creatively solving their problems, especially if they're stuck in meltdown cycle, right? Instead, their solution is pretty black and white. I can't, I won't, right? It's either awesome or it's awful. Um, and, and that experience means your child's not being very creative. They're not relaxed. Highly sensitive kids uh, and, and non-highly sensitive kids alike, they play, okay? Um, they play when they're relaxed. And so if your child is stuck on talking and thinking and telling you stories about it and, and, um, and you know, dumping all of their worries on you, um, through verbal communication, that means that they are not relaxed enough to feel capable. And this is a pretty clear sign that the meltdown cycle is quite pervasive for your family. And the same thing would be going on for a teenager. Now, you know, if a teenager is not silly and goofy and, um, you know, able to, to not take themselves so seriously, you would look at that as a sign of, of concern, right? Uh, teens still need to be able to play. They still need to be able to be sarcastic, um, to, to joke around in a way that, that is developmentally appropriate. And so if your teen is always uh, focused on, um, you know, things having to be perfect and that they can't, um, uh, you know, that they, that, that, you know, good, that their, you know, their experience of good, um, a good enough job is, is um, not worth it, right? You know, that perfectionism that will keep them stuck and where they need to get the A plus or they might as well not even try, et cetera. Um, that experience will be really important for you to notice for, for your sensitive teen because uh, they might not be shutting down every day, right? But if they're not trying, then that's the same thing as shutting down. They're just shutting down their potential versus not talking to you. Um, and, and so it's important to understand where this meltdown, shutdown, refusal cycle is, is going on um, and how your child is dulling their experiences or dulling what's possible for them in their lives. Uh, when they're stuck in that meltdown shutdown cycle. And so your child needs to be able to, to, to feel like they can handle challenges. And uh, with that being said, for you as a, as a, in terms of how to shift out of this routine in a systematic way, um, the important piece that we tell, tell our clients and, and share with our clients uh, more specifically is in noticing that the, the changes in the routine have to first come in your child's mentality rather than in, in shifting the actual actions you're going to take and you know, what time they should be waking up and how you're going to help them do that and um, how, you know, what you're expecting of them in the morning and, and all that. Um, so in terms of setting your children up for, and your teens up for success and being able to do that, you need to assess the major challenges or, and or changes or both that you've experienced over the summer. Assess your summer. Observe what you've been able to accomplish this summer um, in, in terms of your child's skill sets. And then observe what, uh, what, where your child was struggling. And pay attention to, um, to the challenges that you've had with your child following through on that routine and how long it took them to acclimate to the more lax um, experience of in, being in the summer. Um, 
you know, just by nature of, from, for many of you might not have been associated with camps. You might've had uh, a lot more idle time or downtime. And this might've meant for, for some of you, your sensitive kid, um, is actually more emotionally calm, um, because there's less go, go, go. Uh, and then for some of you, it means that, that it's been pretty challenging to get your child to leave the house and, and go do things, etc. Um, because the, the expectation is really more relational. You want to have fun with your family uh, versus um, uh, external, which is, you know, to go see friends or to go to, to, go to school and, and not, you know, worried about getting in trouble if you don't go and things like that. So when you assess the situation and the major changes that your child has experienced going from going to school to not going to school over the summer, you also need to pay attention to um, how you've set the environment up for them over the summer. Was it just, um, you know, did you have a lot of go, go, go activities? Were you having a ton of fun? <laughs> I hope so. Um, and then that means that it, it's likely that your routine was not very routine, right? And so paying attention to that means that it's important to start small and shifting out of this dynamic, um, that trying to do an overhaul in, you know, four or five or seven days before your kid goes back to school, uh, is going to be a, a giant feat and be quite jarring for your sensitive child. And so when we think about shifting this, many parents notice, right? And you've heard me say before, um, that there's a four pronged strategy to changing the, the mount on cycle and breaking out of this pattern. First and foremost is your assessment of where your child is and what they're capable of. Your mindset needs to be on point and, uh, and noticing that and, and observing that you need to be able to, to see, um, how much is too much for your kid in this within the next seven days or whatever, depending on when you start school. Um, and then also observe, uh, for your child, what they can be capable of and how you can set that vision with them that they can handle it. And those two things are simultaneous. They might feel like they're opposite, but they're not. They're both uh, possible for being true at the same time. And then when we can look at um, understanding that component uh, of, of envisioning what the routine is, then you want to make sure that you're you're pinpointing uh, the behaviors that you want to highlight with your with your sensitive kid. And you do that in a way that allows your child to receive feedback in a more systematic way, rather than saying everything needs to be fixed. You need to be up, ready, and sharp, ship shop, tip top shape. Um, by the time school rolls around whatever day this is and, and that availability for your child to demonstrate, um, to experience being demonstrated grace allows them to demonstrate grace for themselves. With that being said, it's important to have a mental awareness of what is an emotionally appropriate, uh, timeline for a sensitive kid to be, um, to be adjusting to the school schedule. I would, I would say, uh, one to two weeks would be an appropriate timeline for your child out of the meltdown cycle to manage this capacity. Now, if your child is stuck in the meltdown cycle, it's likely to take them much longer um, to break out of this this um, pattern of, of refusal and, and challenges and, and just rolling back into a routine. And uh, this is important for you to be able to not only be prepared for, uh, but also notice what's possible for your child when you're not in this meltdown cycle. Okay. Um, if you're not in the meltdown cycle, then you, you could be over this hump in, in less than a week um, or in under a week or, or, or max two weeks, depending on the intensity and the age of your child. And, um, the, you know, that's important for you to notice. How much are you willing to forego in your family's dynamic? Um, how many days, weeks, months, etc.? Um, are you, you know, perpetuating this negative experience and the, and the suffering 
by trying to throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And so if you are a, pet, uh, a parent who's ready to break out of this pattern and you're ready to do it systematically, then I would encourage you to book a call with our team. Because once we teach you how to playfully communicate uh, with your child those limits, support them in feeling capable and managing their emotions, um, managing themselves in a more effective way so that they don't have the ability to um, you know, go straight into the world is ending and, and life would be better off without me or you're awful, I can't believe you know, you're such a mean parent, whatever. Um, all of those dynamics can melt away. And when you have that skill set, uh, to support your child and, and for your teen just to you know, co-lead co themselves with alongside you to take ownership of uh, their routine and their emotional uh, management skills, then that allows for much more potential for your family, right? Um, we can look at what is more appropriate for a child to be demonstrating at this age. You know, it's not developmentally appropriate for a sensitive child or not highly sensitive child to be having daily meltdowns or shutdowns. Um, this is true for children ages four through adulthood. Um, shutting down, closing off, uh, melting down, thinking the world is ending or responding as if the world is ending um, to you know any emotional challenge, big or small, is not developmentally appropriate. And even children under four, uh, I would venture to, you know, to, to say we've helped parents break out of this pattern with children younger than four, um, that the average child uh, under four should not be having daily meltdowns either, though we might say that some children, five minutes or less, uh, that might be emotionally appropriate given some different factors for them. Um, but developmentally, over the age of four, children do not um, experience that level of intense emotional overwhelm uh, that, you know, that is fully brain-based and de brain development-based. Instead, it's environment-based after four, okay? So this is really important for you to notice if you've been struggling with this for a year, two, 10 years, uh, then we definitely want to be fixing this behavior pattern um, in, in the whole family dynamic. Uh, rather than just assuming that um, that your child will eventually grow out of it or telling yourself that this is a problem for your child only. Uh, this is definitely a family system issue. The whole family is impacting this behavior pattern and the whole family needs to take action in shifting out of the dynamic. Okay, so that routine, that ability to shift out of that uh, in an effective way, uh, if you're looking to be able to do that consistently, right? Uh, like clockwork every time you transition because um, you might have a fall break coming up. You might have, I mean, we know you have, might have Thanksgiving uh, and the holidays and just six months from now. And if this is the challenge that you had leaving the school pattern three months ago and you're having the same pattern going into uh, school now, uh, then I encourage you to notice how much more are you going to be dealing with um, come, you know, the transition out of Thanksgiving uh, vacation or out of uh, Christmas vacation uh, for, you know, for winter holiday with your child and start to notice what do you have um, in your future lined up uh, that is going to help you systematically break out of this pattern rather than just wondering and seeing how are we doing based on uh, the challenges that your family faces engaging your child's resilience based on handling how they're handling that those challenges but waiting for those challenges um, to show up to, to really get any evidence on, on whether or not your child is, is resilient yet. 
um, that's an important to, to way to, to notice that you can be thinking about solving this problem in a different way. Okay. Um, so how do you do that? Is, is the MTC system going to work well for you? I don't know. I don't know. You have to book a call with us. You have to have a conversation. All right. Um, if this is the first time that you're listening to our show, then I encourage you to keep uh, listening and paying attention. I've, I've had um, you know, a multitude of, of lessons set up for you. Make sure that you listen to, to more than one, especially because this one's a little short. But um, in the meantime, you know, while you're waiting to speak to a member of our team, you can do that. And, and so between now and then, go ahead and, and uh, book your conversation, meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk. Or if you're parenting a sensitive teen, uh, meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk. And on that conversation, we'll talk about where you're struggling. We're going to cover all of what you've been challenged with. Um, we'll zoom out. We're not going to just look at the last, you know, 10 days or what you're struggling with right now, this current season. We're going to look at the big picture. Okay. Um, you know, within reason, we don't need to hear your whole life's story in order to get a clear picture. My team members are experts in assessing this problem and understanding pretty clearly whether or not we can help. Uh, with that being said, we also need to know what your goals are in order to know what, what, what we're, um, what, whether or not we can help, we need to observe where are you headed? You know, what are your, what are your dreams for your family? And, uh, does that match up with the dreams that we've helped other families achieve? And if that's the case, then we'll tell you how our system would be appropriate for, um, for your family and whether or not it would be a match. And, uh, if it is, you'll know exactly how to take action on that right away. Same phone call. You can break out of that pattern. And then, um, if that's not the case, okay. If you think that something else, if we think, sorry, uh, if our coaches notice that, that where you're stuck, what you're struggling with, um, what your goals are aren't uh, a match for what we do here at MTC, uh, then we, we will talk to you about that instead. We won't be sharing what we do here at MTC and how it would apply to your family if it literally doesn't apply, right? <laughs> uh, instead, we'll be coaching you on noticing how you can uh, break out of this pattern by seeking other professional support. If your child is having daily meltdowns, you're going to need professional support, whether that's with us or with somebody else, um, would be, you know, likely a mutual decision. With that being said, uh, here at MTC, we've helped people do that in as little as eight weeks. Um, so you can observe uh, and, and pay attention to, you know, if you're, if you're consulting with other professionals, how long they think, uh, this will take, right? Cause the traditional model will tell you it's going to take a year, couple years, et cetera, keep you stuck in that pattern consistently because it's reactive. Uh, but the work that we do here at MTC, we can break pattern, break alongside with, with parents, break them out of that daily meltdown cycle, uh, pretty swiftly. Cause we've got this down to a science. And it's also true that we know exactly who we know how to help. Um, and we know exactly where this, this system works well for who this system works well for. Um, and it doesn't work well for everybody. So we don't, uh, invite everybody in to, to work with us. Um, we're happy to, to be okay with that and uh, point you in a different direction if that's the case, whether that be, like I said, therapy, um, any other evidence-based approach or uh, a different coaching model, et cetera. Uh, again, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. We look forward to talking to you soon and, and have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. 
We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.